So this is the first uh, episode, first installment of uh, Crooked Comms, Crooked Comms Radio. Crooked Comms Radio, first episode ever. Well, I feel so official. So let's do a little bit of introduction. Uh, first of all, what is your name? Well, my name is Joe. Hi, Joe. How, how, how are you? What's your name? My name is Bill. Bill, how are you? I go by Buffalo Bill, and I'm good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> of course. So why are you doing this, man? You know, more than anything, just to vent. Really? I think there's a lot, I think, but between you and I, we've known each other for a while, and we're like-minded, and there's the political sphere and everything going on right now. There's a lot of stuff to be said, but you have to watch how you say it, and I think an outlet like this makes it easy to just get shit off your chest, and you feel better. Yeah, I feel anonymous in a way, kind of behind the microphone, not too worried about what people are going to judge. Yeah, exactly. It's not like going in the middle of the Target parking lot and spewing a bunch of rhetoric like some people do we we could start doing that i was so it was like uh louder with crowder yeah we could do that but do the podcast in the middle of the parking lot yeah we could you're a faggot change my mind <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you brought up target um i was just there that's why i brought it up that that shit about walmart uh refusing to sell firearms pretty soon it's gonna be a firearm free zone a they should they should just change their name to target Qu- question with that Okay. And this is a sincere question. Okay. I mean, I know the difference between a short barrel and a long barrel rifle. I've been around firearms long enough in my life and a pistol and what constitutes what the real definition of an assault rifle and, you know, all that is, which people seem to get conflated, mm-hmm. but they're using those terms to for their argument. Sure. But Walmart comes out and says, we will no longer be selling short barrel rifle ammo. Okay. But there really is no difference between short barrel rifle and long barrel rifle ammunition. What they're referring to, in my opinion, is uh, carbine type ammo. So uh, a short barrel rifle ammo well, so like could a, be well, so like, like blackout, like nine millimeter. That so okay, okay, okay. I you know see. what I mean? Yep. Because there's interchangeable pistol ammo with yeah, the yeah. short barrel rifle. I guess I'm thinking like like of a five five six or a two two three round. Sure, my mind went there too. Because you can. Yeah, you can shoot that out of a assault rifle or a short barrel AR-15. So, but like, then then you get into the again, what's the definition of a short barrel rifle? And it's very loose. Yeah. And I think they kept it so vague yeah. to make their own decisions. So, like 45 CPA, a nine millimeter. Um, I get that, and that that's so. why I come down to like it was a sincere question, but it was more to bring up the subject that it was just a PR move. Of course. Which hey, your Walmart, your multi-billion dollar company worldwide you have to kind of watch yourself i get it mm. but like really you really need to do a pr move like that well they're probably looking at their shareholders um and probably did a survey seeing like who the majority of their shareholders really are versus who their customers really are because i think well i don't think they really want to know who their customers really are because they probably shut down their business in a matter of minutes but if it wasn't for their shitty groceries and like really <laughs> shitty uh camping apparel i think they would shut down <laughs> But there's some great value peanut butter that somebody's probably going to feed to their dog via their <laughs> genitals. So they don't really have a choice. <laughs> I mean, really, like, do you have that kind of comfort walking into Target? I mean, it's pretty yeah. bougie, yeah. you know. And <laughs> but you, you, <laughs> I think I think Walmart's more for entertainment purposes to walk into. Oh, I fucking love Walmart, dude. And I think what's bizarre is wherever I go to travel, I somehow gravitate towards a Walmart. And I don't understand why. <laughs> like, I went to go visit my brother. Uh, Fort Leonard Wood, and my 
fucking of course i went to a walmart well that's all they really have out there anyway sure but, <laughs> but like the missouri walmart people are vastly different than like the really? west coast walmart absolutely i mean it's the same caliber of person but the flavor is different <laughs> Oh, like the, but what I find probably the most disturbing is like no matter what Walmart I've been to, whether it's like Nevada, California, Mexico, Missouri, they all fucking smell the same, which is really weird. It's like a weird like mixture of like stale popcorn, ass crack, and bleach. Bleach, yeah. <laughs> smells like the barracks. <laughs> you, know, it, you know, we talk about this and we make we make jokes about Walmart. But that just goes to show from like a corporate or branding perspective, like how good they are at building a brand. Yeah. Because like everyone makes fun of it. But guess what? We still go in there, whether it be to buy some bullshit or just for entertainment purposes, whatever. Guess what? You still have people walking in the door. True. And their branding, obviously, and their growth within the last two decades has been incredible because I remember being a kid and thinking like, hey, we have to, we're going to go to Walmart. You know, and that was like, yeah. that was a trip. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, there was like maybe one or two within a city and you had to like kind of map out because that was before MapQuest. You're like, all right, I'm going to make a left here and then the wall be on this corner. Nowadays, it's it's like a Walgreens, you know, they're they're freaking everywhere. Brandy, uh, not to, man, we could go a hundred different directions with that. Uh, it's crazy how good companies are, whether it's by, you know, whether it happens, you know, it's happenstance or whatever you want to refer to it as how good retail stores are mm-hmm. at branding whether it be their logo or when you walk into their store mm-hmm. they're all the same right like you go to fries kroger fries whatever i guess i've never been to a kroger so i can't speak for them on the east coast but here you walk into a fries they're all the fucking same but now they have the the fries that you can drink at. oh like ours here yeah yeah i like I that love those i've i've been telling uh my girlfriend mm-hmm. that i want to go in there one afternoon and just get fucking hammered at fries i know somebody that was 86 from fries <laughs> for that yeah i'm personal friends with a guy that was 86 at fries because they have a two drink cap oh really oh, they have a two that. drink cap i i okay so knowing that he got 86 from fries you can understand that they may be a little yeah. bit more lackadaisical than that so he was probably like six or seven drinks deep at this fries and the intention of the fries drinking is so that you can like taste test whether it be like a wine or a beer or whatever, yeah. and then you could buy you know the six pack or the bottle and uh, beer after beer after beer after beer. Um, gets a little sick. He goes into the bathroom and freaking just you know vomits all over like the toilet, and then he goes and vomits all over the sink and the mirror. <laughs> <clears throat> and the fries manager you know goes over, her, and of course they ask. Can I see your fries card, please? <laughs> As if that's some sort of source of den- fucking identification. Yeah, so they could scan it and then put like like an alert. You can't shop here anymore. No, an alert like you can't oh. drink here anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty like hefty low. Yeah. You know? You can't go grocery shopping anymore. Yeah, like hey, you can only stay on this side of the store. You have to stay away from the I mean, liquor yeah, aisles. I, I doubt stuff. that's the case, but still it's funny. But he can't drink there anymore. Is it at... The one close to us? No, it's the one close to him. But does that go to for any fry store? How does that work? Not sure. We haven't experimented. I'm gonna oh. I'm gonna invite him over to my fries. Let's all go into this yeah. one together, and then we'll make a karaoke night <laughs> at that fries. And uh, yeah, but I mean, like 86 from a grocery store, like that for drinking. That's pretty that's, sweet. That's 21st century right there. Going back to Walmart, I'm sure that's happened at Walmart a few <laughs> times. A couple of our native brothers going over to the Listerine section and just getting hammered. 
Oh, but that's a pretty that's a pretty steep blow. Yikes! All right, so introduction. So we'll start with you, Joe. So what's your pedigree? Pedigree. Yeah. Where are you from? Uh, well, born and raised in Minnesota, but I've considered uh, Arizona home now for shit sixteen years. Minus minus a few years, I was in North Carolina on active duty and California on active duty. I've basically been Arizona now, and I call it, consider it home. I didn't realize it had been six years. Yeah, no shit, right? I'm crazy. Yeah. Feels like, literally feels like it was just last year. Jumped in my truck and came down here on my own. On your own? Yeah. Well, I came down here on my own, but I had some family here that I stayed with okay. for my first few months and gotcha. kind of got on my feet and stuff, but... That's cool. Do you yeah. like it here versus Minnesota? It depends. Um, yes. You don't have to shovel sunshine. But, you know, growing up in Minnesota, you kind of have those ways of life where... You know, I'm not trying to compare someone that grows up here in Arizona compared to Minnesota versus California versus New York versus anywhere else. But I will say there is something to be said about kids that are born and raised in the Midwest. The schools are better. Usually the lifestyle is a little bit more relaxed. People are a little bit more polite. There's not, it's not as much go, 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 or it's not as fast paced. So I think you get to actually slow down and appreciate growing up and Especially if you, after you leave, like Minnesota will always be home. It's a great place to be from. Just don't want to live there anymore. Just mostly through winter. Um, but again, I going back to what I was saying before is I think there's definitely something to be said about someone that grows up in the Midwest, whether it be Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Michigan, Illinois, South Dakota. Well, maybe not so much South Dakota, but or North Dakota. But you know those states. You know the schools are better. Stuff like that's much better. You know not to knock. You know, you grew up here, so it's a little bit different, but not to knock that. But No, but I, I've done my fair amount of traveling, and I, I can think, yeah. you know, you're it's a more polite, welcoming, warm environment, you know, like especially like the suburb areas. For sure. The only thing, the only thing I don't <clears throat> miss about it, in addition to winter, of course, is, you know, I grew up in a suburb of the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Twin Cities is huge. Probably, I, I don't quote me on this, but we're on the fucking radio, so I see I have to, but Twin Cities is about the size of Phoenix, maybe a little bit bigger. It's two completely separate metropolises just butted next to each other. Um, Twin Cities is huge. It takes you roughly a solid two and a half hours or so to drive around like the freeway loop versus like here in Phoenix, you take the 101, 202 loop around. You know, you could probably drive around the whole city in an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Yeah. Depending on traffic, of course. Sure. But the Twin Cities will take you two and a half, three hours to drive around. But anyway, you know, I grew up in a suburb of the Twin Cities just north of uh, Minneapolis. Even though it's a larger town, larger city within Minneapolis, a suburb, it still has that small small town mentality that, you know, everyone from high school, not everyone, because, you know, there's a few of us that got away and did our own things. But for the most part, you know, even a few close friends of mine, they married kind of their high school sweethearts or whoever they started dating in college. They had kids, got married. Everyone, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul is a very, like, it's a hub for corporate centers. So, you know, you know, Medtronic, um, Honeywell, Best Buy, General Mills, uh, quite a few companies are based out of Minneapolis. And what do you do after college? Everyone, one everyone goes and works for those companies. Good on people that get those great jobs. Don't get me wrong. But a lot of people don't venture too far away from home, if you will. Sure. Everyone just kind of pushes out another 20 miles from home. So like where I grew up is kind of like a run, not run down, but not as well taken care of the city now. 
and everyone I grew up with all pushed out 20 miles hmm. kind of thing. And they all live in the same area. All their kids play hockey together, play baseball together. They're all still kind of friends. They go out, do happy hour together, stuff like that. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss that a little bit, some of my friends I grew up with. But at the same time, it's like I moved to Arizona for a reason to kind of get away from that and kind of do my own thing. Sounds pretty sheltered. I don't know if that's necessarily the right term. But. It, I wouldn't say sheltered. I guess it depends on your family. For me, it wasn't sheltered. I was allowed to go out and kind of do what I wanted, get into some trouble as long as I wasn't killing people and breaking the law, essentially. As long as I wasn't getting in trouble with the law. Like, my parents were pretty cool about, like, hey, go out, have fun. Just make sure I know where you're at type of thing. I w- so I wouldn't say it's sheltered. I would say it's uncultured. Okay. So, like, a perfect example that my niece came down here uh, a few months back for spring break, and she actually lives here now. She goes to ASU. Mm-hmm. But uh, she came down here a few months ago for spring break, and she brought one of her friends. And so my niece has two different sets of parents. Her dad and my sister are separated, but mm-hmm. they are both remarried, have, you know, she has multiple sets of grandparents, kind of that divorced children lifestyle that we all know and love. Um, so she didn't grow up like uncultured or sheltered at all because she got to travel and go to see different parts of the state, different parts of the country, so on and so forth. Um, but she came down here with one of her friends and her friends, very vanilla, very never left her hometown, never did anything. Very Midwestern. Very Midwestern. And when she came down here, like we brought them to a few restaurants, a few Mexican restaurants, um, and she, like, we went to one and great Mexican restaurant. What the fuck does she order? The cheeseburger. Almost, almost as bad. The cheese quesadilla. And hey, she think that ketchup is spicy? Pretty much. I mean, has I like. She, has she ever seen a Mexican before? I don't think so. <laughs> Honestly, like I've, I'd never saw my seen other than on tv and a few in the cities i had never seen a black person what up close until i was like in junior high and i was just just because one or two went to our high school um like some inner city type kids got okay. bussed out to our high school so they could play sports and have better opportunity and good on them. they were great guys like i knew a couple of them mm-hmm. um, but we only had one or two in my high school and like i didn't get have my eyes on a black person until junior high like directly in front of me. What was the first thing that went through your mind? Not much. I mean, I wasn't raised as a racist. I knew that black people, Mexicans, whatever name your race existed. So it was never, it wasn't like a shock to me that, like, oh my God, that's a fucking black person. What are they doing here? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. It was just like, oh, a black person. Cool. Like, whatever. It wasn't a big deal. But it was still one of those things that we're, you're, you're not used to. Like, there was no ill attitude or anything you know whatever pick your adjective there wasn't anything like that towards them but it was still kind of one of those things like oh this is new because you're still west of indy that's probably why yeah essentially yeah because i feel like indiana well what's strange about that well i guess i shouldn't say that because that was until the like the late i guess about time i went to junior high um the twin cities have a huge somalian somalian population Yes. yes i noticed that um and a lot of them are refugees, so right. I can't speak to the history of Somalia and when they came over, when they came to the Twin Cities, you know, all that. But I will say, you know, the Twin Cities did have a large black population. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, I'm going to get political here, or maybe apolitical, and say I don't like using the term African-American. I don't either. But if they're from Somalia and they're not living here, 
guess what? They are African American. I just don't like using an Af- African American term because too many people like using it. It's like, well, okay, well, are you from Africa? Then no, okay, then you're not African American. Right. That's like saying. You, well, I'm a European American. Yeah. Like, no, get the fuck out of here. Mexican American. But yeah, Twin Cities had a has a huge Somalian population. And again, I don't know when they came over, um, but they're there. But, you know, I was never, they were on a kind of a different side of town. Mm-hmm. Kind of like here in Phoenix, you know, different areas have different demographics, psychographics. True. Up where we're at, we don't have a whole lot of anything but white, white people. <laughs> um, but it's the same thing. Twin Cities is so big, like they're kind of siloed to their areas. Sure. So they were there. We just didn't pay much attention to them. They didn't matter to us. They were below us. <laughs> wow. They got dark really fast. Uh, well, I'm Bill. Uh, I grew up in Phoenix, um, as Joe had mentioned earlier. Also came from a separated family, but unlike him, I, I haven't left home. You know, I grew up here and went to school in Glendale. Um, went to school at ASU. And, uh, Go Devils. Pretty much have stayed over on the west side of the valley. That's, so that's what's wrong with you. Yeah. But I've done a lot of traveling. I have seen a lot of the world. I've been down to Central America, Mexico a couple dozen times, Europe, Canada. And I got to say, I, God bless America. <laughs> I fucking love this place. Yeah, I, I, well, you know, because we had worked together before I went out there, but I came pretty close to not coming, leave while well, I left Arizona. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I, I didn't think I was going to come back, but California, man, as nice as it is. You know, just in addition to the people, the traffic, the politics out there, there's just no fucking way. No fucking way. And I wanted to touch on that, too, because you brought up, like, your Midwestern culture, you know, versus here where there's a lot of hustle and bustle. Yeah. And I I attribute that completely to Californians moving from California to Arizona. Oh, absolutely. Because I'll even say when I first moved out here in 2003, mm-hmm. it was nowhere near what it is now or even within a matter of a few years like i saw a huge so you can probably speak to this better than i can but between 03 and i'd say 05 06 just in a matter of a few years i saw phoenix completely change mm-hmm. like it was already changing when i came here i noticed that but just in a matter of those few years the first few years i lived here like it like did a 180 almost yeah like i remember when i first moved out here uh the 101 yeah. Wasn't even finished yet. Right. There was a sections of the 101 that were, it was a road, or it was still Beardsley Road. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even the freeway yet. The 51 only went from, I don't know, whatever. I think it was like Greenway down to. The 202 where it hits a 202. If it even went that yeah, far. I never know. ventured that far at that time, but yeah. the 51 basically didn't exist. The 101 existed, but it wasn't finished. The 202 didn't exist. Right. Other than through Tempe area. And out of Tempe. True, because it was like the 10, the 60. Yep. And just in a matter of a few years, the 101 got finished, 202 got built. And, of course, with the freeways comes the urban sprawl. Right. But, yeah, I, I noticed that, and I noticed a lot of friends I had made when I first moved out here, you know, ones I went to school with, you know, whatever the case may be. A lot of them were from California. Yeah. And they lived that hustle bustle very fast-paced lifestyle and that was completely opposite than from what i was used to yeah and you know growing up here having to take side streets everywhere not having you know the freeways it didn't feel like la you know and and people were more apt to stay like in their general locale because it didn't make sense to live over here and work way the fuck over there 
because there was no real fast or convenient way to get around. And then, you know, once the freeways popped up, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I never really put that connection together before. What's that? With the fact, you know, with our 101, 202, and oh, okay, other yeah, connecting yeah. freeways that, you know, it made it more, I, I think, uh, attractive to people from California to move out here, you know, because before we didn't have the infrastructure of the freeways when, yeah. you know, it didn't really make a lot of sense, a lot of companies to expand over to Phoenix. I feel like this is one of the last cities that was like the, the Wild West, you know? Yeah, well, I hope Phoenix or Arizona still hangs on to some of the things that make it the Wild oh, West. The rest of Arizona, e.g., e- e- gun gun laws. Yeah, but yeah. So the rest of Arizona, I think they're fine. I really do. Like, if you venture out of Phoenix, I mean, if you even go as far north as like Black Canyon City, oh yeah, you're you're in the Wild West yeah. again. And I love that about Arizona. You know, Prescott is very charming because of that. But even then, they're starting to get a little bit too Phoenix. Well, yeah, it's only what huge from where like we're at right here in town. Yeah, like shit, we can be to Prescott in thirty minutes, forty minutes, no, without traffic, about an hour still. But still, it, well, it's close. Yes, into Prescott, yes. Yeah, but up to the was it the sixty sixty nine exit? Yeah, uh, sixty nine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's about thirty five minutes. Yeah, half hour up there. Yeah, but it's it's nuts because I I fucking hate it. Like I I hate how much of the California culture comes over here. I really fucking do. And, you know, everyone has those stickers on their trucks and hats and whatever they want to call it. Like, this isn't Cali or not Cali, whatever. You've seen. I'm sure you've yeah. seen those stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny or ironic, whatever you want to fucking call it, how much people from California or California culture, I shouldn't say people, but California culture has kind of taken over down here. Yeah. And it's, I, don't, I don't want to think it's necessarily a bad thing. I do. They're fucking rude. They're really fucking rude. Like, think uh, about, like, our driving, for instance. Yes, I'll, I'll, Super give, you, I'll, fucking give, you, I'll give you that. I just think coming from someone who likes California, you know, after living there, it's kind of hard. Yes, it sucks. People are rude. People drive like assholes here. I get it. But, like, having lived or wanting, wanting to have lived and getting to live a California lifestyle for a short time, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just couldn't deal with the the bullshit out there, the traffic, everything. And yes, we get that, excuse me, excuse me, we get that negative side effect here. But I, I try not, I I don't like putting mu- too much stock in the people and saying they're ruining everything. Because I think that just kind of puts, kind of going into like a political conversation about the way politics are now. It's very, you know, everyone's virtue signaling, everyone's, someone's got to be better than it's very like hard party line, so I don't like saying all oh, people from California came here and fucking ruined Arizona. That just kind of draws a hard line. With You're right. How people, people from LA came over here. All right, well, I'll go with that. People from LA, yeah, absolutely. So like, if when I speak poorly about California, Los Angeles residents are fucking terrible. Because having having lived in Carlsbad, which is we'll, we'll just call it a suburb of San Diego, mm-hmm. San Diego is far far different than LA. And so is NorCal. Yeah. And so is Midland, yeah. California. It, but but in just a matter of a short drive, you know, you hit, you know, San Diego's mostly military, retired military. Right. I don't want to say very conservative because they're not very conservative at all. Sure. But more so conservative than almost anywhere in L.A. And even just crossing, you, you know, you drive by uh, Camp Pendleton there mm-hmm. from Carlsbad Oceanside area past Camp Pendleton into Dana Point, Orange County area. It's a completely... Just in a twenty-minute drive, you're almost like you're in a different state. God. But I liked where I was. Carlsbad was amazing. But sure. you, you, 
kind of silo yourself to an area hmm. because of the traffic. It's so bad. <laughs> like, without traffic, I could drive from Carlsbad, downtown Carlsbad, where my condo was, to um, Pacific Beach mm-hmm. without traffic, 15, 20 minutes. Hmm. Flat on the freeway, you're there. In traffic, that 20 minutes turns into an hour or more. <sighs> Especially, you know, I know you've driven there a little bit, but down the freeway ain't too bad, but trying to get down... Yeah, I'm going to forget the name of the road now, but when you get off the freeway and you have to go actually down into the beach, mm-hmm. that's fucking just retarded. But, you know, everyone kind of lives this very siloed or, you know, you're you're kind of stuck to your area because of the traffic. It's like me, where I was, I was right near downtown Carlsbad. I had, right off the freeway, I had a Target, a Walmart, whatever I needed within, literally within walking distance. So other than driving from, driving to work, which is only a five-minute drive up the freeway to go in the main gate of Camp Pendleton. I, I didn't go anywhere, and I actually, I actually, I actually kind of enjoyed that. That's what I do and did enjoy about being out there. Is I was close to the beach. I could walk to the beach. I could walk to Target. I could walk to Walmart. Actually, Walmart I had to drive to, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, I would have been there more often. You know, I was thinking that funny how we <laughs> went full circle because you were saying that you had everything you needed, and you only named those two stores. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like. You know that if you have one of those two stores that that's, a, that's you have you go everything to. you need, and B, you're in a shitty part of town. Because if you're in yeah. a good if you're in a good part of town, you have a Whole Foods well, next to you. <laughs> what's What's awesome about that is where I was. So if you know Carlsbad at all, it's mm-hmm. very I don't want to say very, but it's it's bougie. It's Carlsbad. Yeah, you have to have at least a million dollars. But you cross anything. you cross you go two miles away down the freeway where Walmart was. You're technically in Vista, California, uh, and Vista's a shithole. <laughs> See what I say? Yeah. Did you have a Whole Foods next to you? I did. Whole. I had a Whole Foods. Yeah, you're a good I had part of town. A Sprouts. Oh. Um. That's a that's a target of. Uh, I forget the name of the other one, but it's uh, it's like one of the hippie California type ones. Same kind of store, but Vons. Well, Vons is like fries there. True. Vons was right next to me. Okay. That was like fries. And what's funny is even I don't think they're Kroger owned. I don't think they are. I don't know. Guess we probably looked that up. Who gives a shit? But Vons is almost set up exactly as fries is. Hmm. Could be Kroger. I'm wondering if it is now. I don't really care that much, but I, I know it's there. Yeah, I know it's there. I, I like Vons. Grocer. And I guess I should say I like them because they're like fries, and I knew fries so well. And why are we talking about branding so much? This conversation is fucking gay. I don't know. I, I was just kind of like making humor out of the fact that you said you needed everything and you only mentioned Target and Walmart. Because if you need any camping gear, you can go to Walmart. Well, a lot of, to be honest with you, a lot of shopping I did. I did yeah. at the Marine Corps Exchange. Yeah, of course. It's basically a Target on base and it's cheaper. But there's some things you just can't buy there or I refuse to buy there. True. This is true. Very true. Anyway, where, where were we at? I don't know. I think we were talking about uh, how shitty Los Angeles is, how shitty the people are, how they've ruined Phoenix or are starting to ruin Phoenix. Oh, we touched on Walmart and their uh, ammo. Yeah. Was that on this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's continue off that. That's been bugging me. Okay. It's fucking weird. I, I get it's a it's a PR play. Yeah. Same with uh, Kroger Fries did the same thing. What's funny... Wait, how did Kroger Fries do the same thing? They've never been in... Oh, well, well, Walmart made the... Walmart's not selling short barrel rifle ammo or handguns or handguns ammo. Okay. Correct? Yeah. They also made the call 
that you cannot open carry in their stores. True. Kroger slash fries made the same call. So you but can't here, open carry? Yes. But here's a twist on that. So in Arizona, and this actually came up, I was watching something, one of those random news network news networks on uh, like YouTube, kind of one of the obscure ones. Infowars.com. Yeah, like one of those, yeah. Infowars.com. <laughs> but I agreed with them. You know, I didn't have listen to them much, but they were talking about Arizona specifically. Uh-huh. Like, okay, that's great that you make that rule, just like any other store here, any other business that says you can't carry a weapon. Mm-hmm. But in Arizona, you can conceal and carry without a permit. Yes, you can. So what's that to stop anybody from doing what the fuck they want to do anyway? It doesn't. That's why I don't get it. That's why I come back to the point with Walmart and Kroger slash fries. And I get there's 49 other states that they do business in. But like in Arizona, I guess we're on our Arizona soapbox a little bit. I love but this place. Go ahead. The That rule or that call has zero effect here. Say, okay, Walmart's not going to sell me ammo. Oh, well, there's enough gun shops around. I can go buy whatever ammo I want, wherever I want, essentially. But the whole open carry doesn't make any sense because guess what anyone and their brother that can legally obtain a firearm can conceal and carry pretty much anywhere they want yeah the minus pl- minus federal buildings of course but yeah federal buildings um and here's a lot of th- a point that a lot of people don't realize too is that if i go to a walmart and i'm open carrying and they say okay sir you have to um you know leave your firearm in the car it's also a rule that if you are an establishment that does not allow firearms, that doesn't have it posted on the front. Now, not to get too deep into the Arizona thing, because like the only place you're not allowed to conceal is at a bar. And the rule is that you have to have a sign, and it's a yeah. standardized sign that's at the, the front entrance and behind the bar. Both those signs have to exist in Arizona. I didn't know behind the bar one. Yes. Okay. Two, the two signs have to be up, and at that point, you have to leave your farm and in your vehicle or locked or whatever. But if you're in a public place, like let's say you go to the fair and they're like, sir, you can't carry your firearm here. They have to provide a lock space, a locker for you to keep your farm in while you're on their premises. So I don't know how much of that goes into like these establishments necessarily because it's private property. You can make a decision. However you base it, whatever. But a lot of those things still have to exist. And, Another thing you brought up, too, was like a law-abiding citizen can purchase a firearm, blah, 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 bring it in. But, I mean, people who are going to break the law break the law anyway. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, uh, like the shooting in California or the shooting in, you name it, a lot of these places are these, like, no firearm zones anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, it's like completely paradoxical to, like, what the Democrats are asking for because they're saying, you know, like, increase gun laws. But, again... You look at the increased crime rate in Chicago where it's illegal to have a lot of these farms where the majority of the murders are occurring or in Maryland. The Baltimore area is, um, I think, the you know murder capital of the country. Again, they have some of the strictest gun laws. It, it just it goes to show that it doesn't work. And it works in a way that is opposing to what they're asking for. Like, being a moderately smart person, nowhere close to a genius don't feel retarded most days. Um, most days. I feel that, you know, yes, a, I, I think, you know, my heart pours out for the kids that are killed in schools. Of course, it's, it's still I mean, tragic. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I don't think otherwise. I think that bad people shouldn't have access to guns. I think that's something that we can all agree on, that bad people should not have access to guns. The issue is that there's no way 
right now that we can actually make that a, a possibility because bad people will always have access to guns. Yeah, I'm sorry. Of course, just, even if you made them, I don't care how. Uh, again, obviously, I don't condone this at all. But even if the government came through, confiscated by force every single weapon that existed or that that they thought existed, there's still going to be some out there that someone's going illegal. Someone's going to illegally obtain to do something bad. Of course, it's just going to happen. They want one bad enough, or they'll make one with the technology that exists today. Somehow, some way, someone's going to make a fucking firearm. People do it in prison. Yeah, exactly. I, I run to Lewis Prison, <laughs> and people fucking commit murders all the time. They don't even have to have access to weapons. Someone will manufacture a device, and you can name whatever it is, a knife, a shiv, a, a fucking gun, a noose. If, if someone has an intent to cause harm, they will. They'll do it with their hands. Which, this, this kind of makes me want to touch on something. So I'm looking through my Twitter right now, and I want to quote somebody. So I'm not going to quote Dan Crenshaw because I think everyone can – he's very level-headed. Yes, he's right-wing. He's conservative. Absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. He made a, he made a tweet about the Second Amendment, a side note. Uh, with universal background checks, I wouldn't be able to let my friends borrow a weapon. Did you see that? Uh, he yeah, made a, he made a tweet and a comment about that. Yeah. It was fine. Whatever. Should you be lending people a weapon? I don't. If they're, if they're cl- I personally do not. No, even if they're a close friend, you, Bill, I would not loan you a weapon to take with you. If we wanted to go out shooting and you wanted to shoot my weapon, absolutely. While you're you there? Yeah. And, and I would not feel comfortable asking. No, and you shouldn't. No. No, we can agree upon that, right? So Dan Crenshaw said, you know, with universal background checks, I wouldn't be able to let my friends borrow a weapon, which I don't think even as conservative as he is or we are, I wouldn't do anyway. But let me, let me move forward. AOC... Our great AOC <laughs> it blows my mind. I don't understand her. how she got elected. That just I don't get it. But anyway, she said, tweeted, "You are a member of Congress. Why are you lending guns to people unsupervised who can't pass a background check? The people you're giving a gun to have likely abused their spouse or have a violent <laughs> criminal record, and you may not know it. Why on earth would you do that? Really? That's I." I'm seriously at a loss for words at the shit that she says or tweets or what prints. Dan Crenshaw tweets back, just so I'm clear, you think my friends are domestic abusers slash criminals? Seriously, that's your argument? That they can't pass a background check? And you know, I'm sure you know who Dan Crenshaw. I'm sure everyone listening knows who Dan Crenshaw yeah, is. He's an American hero, Navy SEAL. Yeah, he's a fucking Navy SEAL. Yeah. So the only way him or anyone else isn't going to get approved to or handle a weapon is if they have PTSD to the point where it's public record that they're a public hazard, if you will. Sure. And then they can't go buy a weapon. Right. That's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, he tweets that. Seriously, that's your argument that they can't pass a background check. She tweets back. You said with universal background checks, you wouldn't be able to lend guns to friends. If a background check would be a problem, then you shouldn't lend a gun. And by the way, New York is one of the safest states in the country when it comes to guns, including rural area, which is laughable at best. Like, I don't get how people, and I don't even want—I don't even want to pick on AOC because she's not the only one. Like, you read through Facebook comments, you read through social media comments, people on TV. And, you know, we'll go back to Louder with Crowder, people mm-hmm. that sit down and talk to him. Like, I really don't understand how people think the way they do. I, like, do they not? Do they not see, like, 
ob- objective. I guess I don't get. They it. don't. I, okay, I literally so, don't get it. So this is this is the issue, and this is what it boils down to: is that people form an opinion about things that they're not well educated on, because it it sides with something of their feelings. And I will say that universally, that you know, even our most basic decisions or, or thoughts are based off of around feelings initially, because it's of course. very subjective. Of course, right? So when people make decisions politically or they have an opinion about like a senator or they're voting, honestly, they're not really educating themselves enough to make an educated decision or have an opinion. Like people that I've talked to about the the gun debate, for instance, they have opinions, but they're so shallow and they they have really no thought basis behind what they're saying. And, And quite honestly, that goes with both sides. Now, oh, yeah. now, for instance, I feel very liberal about gun laws, and I mean that in a sense of, in a conservative way. Like I, 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 I think I know you're going with this, and yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, like, I, I have owned firearms for my entire life. You know, I've, my, my, my family has had firearms, and maybe that's why I feel the way that I do is because I have this pedigree with or this history if you will with farms being part of our our lineage and i'm not afraid of them and when i see someone with a gun at the store i don't think like oh you know i'm protected now because he's there i still have the thought like i hope that guy is not gonna fucking For lose sure. it you know but because <laughs> that's because i have a gun yep i have a gun on me and i'm thinking i have this like sheepdog thing and that's why I'm in the career that I'm in because I have this calling that I want to protect myself, my family and bystanders because I do that on a daily basis. And I think the thing is for someone like you, someone like me, someone of our mindset is a lot of, you know, I don't want to say democrats because I don't like using that term, a lot of liberals, mm-hmm. left-wing, far-left liberals like using the argument like, "Oh, well, that person isn't trained to use a weapon." Like, bullshit. Yes, I am. Like, I didn't spend... Granted, was I out shooting every day, every minute of the day, shooting at bad people, terrorists, you know, whatever, targets even, every day? No. But I know basic shooting principles. So do you. I know you do. Mm-hmm. Other people do. And I have... I can think well enough to where if something were to happen in a public place, that I would have the wherewithal to at least draw my weapon mm-hmm. and stop something from happening. But a lot of liberals i use liberals i don't like using left democrats wing. okay yeah. go left wing sure a lot of the leftists like saying like oh well you shouldn't be able to carry and no one should be able to carry a weapon because you're not trained well enough only military and police are well yes but just because you're military and police doesn't mean you're trained to carry a weapon no it, that's that's a, that's a stupid argument there's no logic behind their arguments that and that's where my loss is Mm-hmm. Like I really don't understand the logic behind some of their arguments, and yes, I get it comes from a feeling. They feel a certain way. You're allowed to have your feelings. You can feel any way you want, right? But it doesn't make. I don't like making these cliche feelings versus facts arguments because feelings do have a place, of course, in legislation, in laws, in what should be and what shouldn't be. I, I get it, but when there's no logic behind it, that's when I start to lose my mind. Of course. And, and that's kind of where I was going with that yeah. argument is, you know, I, I, I really don't care. Like if, if you are uh, claiming that you're a conservative, you know, I won't say Republican, but let's say you're a conservative. 
Thank you I, for not saying Republican. I, I still want you to be educated on on what you're voting on or what your opinions on, and it and it should be more acceptable, and people should feel more comfortable saying like, you know what, I you know you pose this question, what what is my opinion on it? I really don't have a very good opinion on it. Now I I've heard and I I feel like I agree with X Y and Z, but I really don't know very well. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of people are afraid to say, I don't know, because they want, they don't want to seem like they're uncultured or they're uneducated. uneducated. On it. But the, the reality is that 95% of the people making these decisions are uneducated. On oh, it. absolutely. Especially one term that's getting thrown out there a lot. It came up, you know, a few years ago. Every time there's a mass shooting, this argument gets thrown out there about assault weapons <sighs> or now it's not even because some people have been educated on what an assault weapon really is sure. versus an AR-15. An AR-15 is not an assault weapon. Right. But a lot of people are calling assault weapons now. Instead of using the term assault weapon, they're calling it an AR, AR-style AR rifle. Right. And it, that the, again, the logic behind that is so off base because an AR is not a style of a rifle. Right. An AR is a brand. Right. Like It's a brand. It's a manufacturer. It's not a style. Yes, did other companies come out and make a similar style of weapon? Yes, but calling an AR style of a rifle just shows how the ignorance. Yeah, how uneducated you are on the yeah. topic. And it blows my mind because even Republicans, right-wing conservatives are using that. But if I can touch on the right-wing conservative thing. Sure. So I would consider myself conservative, more so libertarian than anything, constitutionalist. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, my belief is federal government should have no place in anyone's business besides, you know, uh, national defense, um, regulating national, international commerce, a few things like that. The things that was stood up for really, that's about it. Right. Everything should be left to the States or not even have a law, law about it at all. It should be, you know, grassroots or a social thing, a social a law, if you will. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you see another side of the argument that I disagree with a lot is the very far right because they're so I don't I dare I, I don't dare use the term nationalist but they're so blinded they're blindly patriotic that they don't agree they they go back and forth or flip flop on their own arguments so like one thing that you know I think we can probably agree on is what you were talking about in previously just a minute ago is the second amendment mm mm-hmm. mhm the Second Amendment doesn't exist for you to carry a weapon anywhere you want, anytime you want, which a lot of right-wing people think it is. Right. Like, the Second Amendment doesn't exist so you can carry a fucking AR-15 on your back into Walmart. Right. Yes. Under the way the law is written, can you do that? Yes. But that's not what it's for. The Second Amendment is was written to uh, maintain a well-regulated militia to defend against tyranny from, you know, the government. The federal government. Yeah. Not so someone can carry a fucking weapon anywhere they want. Right. Does that come with it? Absolutely. Sure. But what blows my mind is a lot of, again, the, the logic side of this is a lot of far right wingers are coming out. And, you know, one of the big topics right now going to Congress is um, universal background checks. And as a libertarian, constitutionalist, conservative, whatever you want to call it, like, I'm okay with that. When you go to buy a weapon, everyone should have the right under the Constitution to go buy a weapon if you can pass the background check. If you're fucking batshit crazy, guess what? You don't get to buy a, you don't get to buy a weapon, and you should have to prove that. 
and that's what that's what's blowing my mind with do I agree with the far left? Of course not. Because mm-hmm. they would just want to get rid of the Second Amendment altogether. No one should carry weapons anywhere. They get no one should have anything. Right. But on the flip on the far end of the other spectrum, side of the spectrum on that, is you have these, you know, dare I say, batshit crazy right winger right wingers that just think you should be able to carry anything and everything anywhere you want, anytime you want, and without any sort of process or protocol or paperwork involved with it. It's like, no, that's fucking stupid in itself too. Because then you have, you know, whomever, I, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for words to pick out a description and I don't want to get into culture or race or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you have someone who shouldn't have a weapon going into you know, Cabela's purchasing a fucking Glock and a, you know, one of the extended magazines for that, which holds, I think you can get it, well, you can get up to like a hundred round, hundred round drum, but mm-hmm. you know, that's semantics a little bit. But, you know, getting a 20-round magazine, and they can go shoot whoever they want. And, like, the logic behind both arguments, like, is fucking ridiculous. And I just don't get it. Like, I, 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 I plant my feet in logic. It's hard to make that decision, and I think that's why we're, we're battling so hard against it. Um, or, you know, there's no bipartisan agreement, because I can, I can understand both sides. And until you... It's like dealing with any theory. Uh, unless you can say, like, I can be convinced on one thing or another. Like, for instance, the fucking flat earth thing. You know, <laughs> um, I think it's retarded. I really do. Because I have witnessed shit, you know, just it, it doesn't make sense. Like, shadows are different. When I go from here to fucking Chicago, uh, the, the the time of day is different. The days are longer yeah. in the summer and shorter at in the winter because of the curvature of the earth. I mean, these are just... Can I stop for a, sec- for a second? Sure, please. Have you ever seen those pictures of the places on earth that don't cast a shadow during certain times of the day? Like during the equator? Yeah, it's fucking like, trippy. Yeah. It, like, it looks fake. Yeah. Anyway, go on. Yeah, I, I yeah. just had to say that. And, and it, that exists because we're on a globe, yeah. which is... Yeah, round. exactly. Yeah. That's right. why I had to say it. it but right. I've seen some of those pictures where there's no shadow that gets cast yeah. from when the sun's overhead, and it's fucking trippy looking. And I'll digress a little bit further into that. Uh, Eddie Bravo and Alex Jones were having a debate about the flat earth thing. And uh, Alex said that he would uh, sponsor a trip to anyone, you know, or to Eddie Bravo to make a voyage, you know, down to Antarctica. And, you know, Eddie was on it because, you know, that would prove that there is an ice wall there, you know, where there's a fucking interdimensional thing that just plops people on the other side of the planet, which, of course, makes more sense than just having a globe. (laughs) But uh, I am volunteering myself officially today to be on that voyage to the fucking edge of the earth. If, if you will pay for my expenses to go, I will fucking document every single minute. If you want to watch me take a shit while I'm on <laughs> the fucking ship going to the edge of the earth, I will gladly do that. Oh, Just man. to prove to people that there is a fucking globe. And and ugh, I could go on and on about so that, I w- but... I know we don't have the time, man, because we're kind of jumping down some rabbit holes. I want to unpack that, so maybe we should save that. Uh, but there's a... I'm going to forget the name of the YouTube video, but there's a scientist that has a YouTube video about the Earth. is the Earth really round or flat? Mm-hmm. And he was running some mathematic calculations about if the Earth was flat. Sure. We wouldn't even know it because of the way gravity works. Granted, gravity comes from it being round and it's spinning. It creates... A gravity gravitational it's because field. of mass. Yeah. Right. But he was saying if you calculate gravity the same way and the Earth is flat, 
we would never even know it. Is this a Vsauce video? Yes, Vsauce. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Did I you watch that, that one? I did. Where yeah. like when you get to the edge, you would just curve around it anyway. Right. Because you wouldn't even know it because the way gravity would work right. on it. But anyway, yeah. I'd, so the edge could be right there and yeah, I would not you know. You would never know it. Because of the way the light works. Yes. With gravity, yes. et cetera. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. It tripped me out watching that. But yeah. do I still believe in flat earth? Of course not. I've been up high enough in a fucking airplane <laughs> to see the curvature of a goddamn earth. Right. Anyway, where were we at before so, that? So I was talking about um, how I can see the argument on both sides. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, where I could see the conservative side, um, where, you know, it's the right to have a militia, etc. Um, I could walk into an establishment with an AR on my back. Now, granted, that may be because, or a person may feel that's a necessity because they're afraid of other people. You know, they're, they're thinking like, you know, if I have this AR... Uh, some jackass in Texas wanted to go into the fucking uh, Supreme Court building down there and want to, you know, wreak havoc. I can stop that assailant. Yeah. You know, and then I can see kind of the liberal argument on it where I don't feel safe with, you know, the, the open idea of having everyone having access to these guns um, because I have ran on crazy fucking people where I'm like, there's no way that I'd even trust you with a fucking Sharpie. <laughs> much less a fucking farm but yeah but those background checks i think are a great happy medium because it does give us a due process which is another amendment that we have where we can not necessarily prove that we're sane enough to own a farm but at least have an entity there to run our background to see like okay yeah you've committed no crimes you have nothing against you you have no orders of protection against you you don't have a history of this and that's ultimately what we have in our judicial system is your history like true i guess the only and i agree with you i guess the only thing i have to think about and that's my own that's my, my same argument but the only thing i have to i guess say to that and again this isn't me playing devil's advocate or anything like that right but for all the rights that are on the books within our constitution how many do you have to jump through hoops for like first amendment do you have to go fill out a paperwork, any sort of paperwork? No. To go speak freely against the government or against the president or to hold a rally? Well, maybe to hold a rally, you do have to file yeah. some permits, but... And you... And... Right to free press. Yeah. Like what we're doing right now. Yeah. Do we have to have a permit for this? Fuck no. 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 Any other right, like due process, anything like that, do we have to have a, fill out any paperwork to have that due process initiated? No. no. So the only thing that scares me about doing any sort of background check and is it sets a precedent for some sort of documentation process for administrative any other process. amendment yes because it doesn't exist right and then you go a step further than that and this is one that's real scary is you know part of that background check and i heard it brought up in an argument i forget the news network is on i don't want to say one and be wrong here <clears throat> but uh having access to uh, medical and mental health records. Mm. Well, okay. Well, then you again, you're opening up kind of Pandora's box, right? With okay, well, that background check includes mental health records. Well, that that's a slippery slope to be fucking running there. Yeah, because why would it stop there? Because now you have yep. Hip, HIPAA. Yep. Well, HIPAA would be abolished. At it, that well, point. you you would have to put people's medical records, mental health records, public records, public records on some sort of database. Right. Well, and then we've seen what happens with databases <laughs> of, at banks, at fucking Target. It gets hacked. Wells Fargo. Yeah, fuck Wells Fargo. 
um, it gets shit gets hacked. Yeah. And that's that's the scary part. Is like I'd love to say like yes, I'm on board with universal background checks and everything that goes along with trying to purchase a weapon. As long as you can pass, you're good. Go buy whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Essentially. But that's what's scary. Right. Is okay. You open up a background check. Well, now that we want access to your medical records, your dent- your dental records, your fucking mental health records, your your education records, record, your education records. Thank you. Yeah. All well. Oh, you only have an eighth grade education. I don't think that you're smart enough exactly. to own X, Y, and Z. And then the powers that be, guess what? They're all educated enough with their lawyers. They're going to figure out ways. Well, of course. To make sure anyone that doesn't have a college education can't buy a weapon or whatever right. the case may be. And so. in Great Britain, uh, you have to have a, uh, a, I want to call it a license. I don't know if that's a technical term, but you have to register your TV. Do you know what? that? Register you, your TV? You have to have a TV license to own, at least to operate your television while you're in Great Britain. So if, what what happens if your TV's not registered? Do you get to watch oh, TV? Oh, you're on a database. Oh, really? Yeah. So every time... <laughs> angling your mic down. So every time that you purchase a TV... It keeps falling, so... Oh, I'm sorry. I think you can tighten it on the side. Um, but... No, it's on, it's on here, not on the stand. So... You have to register yourself and apply for this license to operate your TV because of the broadcasting rules that are there. So, like, it goes to show, like, that's why I fucking love America, man. Like, every time, even when I went to Canada, like, when I came over to Montana, when I drove, I fucking kissed the ground. <laughs> because the the nuances there are just so much different. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's a, insane. Going back, so I don't know how much of the louder with Crowder videos you watch or anything... But he had one recently that was talking about um, why America or why the United States is the greatest country in the world. And, like, I'm not going to come out and say, even as a red-blooded American, that, oh, America's the best country in the world, because that just kind of comes off as ignorant, right? Mm -hmm. But with the principles we have in place, with our Constitution, which things that exist, yes, we are the greatest country because we allow people to basically do whatever the hell they want. Right. And that's going a little far, but, you know, freedom of speech, right to bear arms, due process, all this different stuff. The state can't come after you for something stupid. You do something dumb, yeah, if it's illegal, you're going to get in trouble, obviously. But the state can't just come after you because they don't like you, right? And he was getting into a few, not heated arguments, because I know you've seen Louder with Crowder. They're pretty well-spoken. He's very well-spoken, and most people that converse with him are fairly well-spoken. But, you know, he. some people were trying to make the argument like, well, no, this country's better or this country's better because of this. It's like, okay, well, does that country have the First Amendment right to freedom of speech? Like, well, yeah, I can say what you want. He's like, no, that's not what I'm asking. He's like, do you have, I don't want to say God-given because that's kind of jumping into something that, you know me. Sure. You know, I'm agnostic. I don't believe in saying, oh, that's your God-given right. But I'll just say it for argument purposes. In the United States, you're born here. You're a United States citizen. It's your right to freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Where else in the world do you get that? Yeah, freedom of assembly, I think, is the thing that a lot of people forget about the First Amendment as well. Yeah, well, a lot of things come, yeah. come with that. Right. Yeah, freedom of the press, all that kind of stuff. I mean, right. the, 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 it's nuanced, but essentially within it, yeah, you can say, print, write, whatever you want mm-hmm. without the government coming after you. Right. Unless, obviously, you're threatening to kill the president, but that's... Or yelling fire in a crowded theater. Well, even even that's kind of different now, though, because that's been discussed, and I was reading something now about technically you can get away with saying that. It only becomes a crime 
If someone gets hurt? If someone gets hurt. So, like, you can... That's a slippery slope. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. But there was someone arguing about that, that there was some recent law made or passed or something passed about that where technically you could go in a theater or public place and yell fire, and as long as nobody got hurt... You're fine. You're fine. It, you just become liable if somebody does get hurt. Sure. Um, stuff like that. So as long as you're not threatening anybody. But anyway, that was his argument um, with all these people. Everyone was trying to tell him, like, oh, the U.S. is not the greatest country. It's like, okay, well, tell me what's better. Tell me what other country has this, that, or the other thing according to the Constitution. Right. And no one could come up with anything, of course. But Can I just uh, uh, kind of make fun of the left for a second? Sure. All right, so this is Kevin DeLeon uh, with his uh, ghost gun rant. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it, yeah. but I, I fucking love it. Hold on. <laughs> this right here has ability with a 30 caliber clip to disperse with 30 bullets within half a second. 30 magazine clip in half a second. Have you heard the, the double barrel magazine one? I want to find that one now. Hold on. So it goes back to what I was talking about before. If you're going to have an opinion about something, you, you're more than welcome to have your opinion about something. In fact, you can be very vocal about it. I, I, I mean, like I, I think that is wonderful because it does give a, a justifiable debate so we can make real decisions. But again, if someone, a layperson, especially if you're a fucking elected official, please, for the love of God, educate yourself yes. on whatever subject it is. And then we're kind of beating the fuck out of guns right now, but I, I think it but should I, be on I think anything. It, yeah, what it comes down to is logic. No one in education. Absolutely. Like, if anyone anyone and their brother can come out on YouTube or Twitter and say, I don't believe in this, I feel this way, but if you're a fucking lawmaker, guess what? You better be pretty damn well educated. You better have someone on your staff. Even if you're not educated, mm-hmm. you better have someone on your staff that knows what the hell they're talking about to steer you in the right direction. Because you're not going to be able to educate yourself no, on every not. single fucking thing. Of course but not. you have to have, like you said, you have to have someone that is a, a subject matter expert that you can bring on your staff, that you can consult with and make these decisions, education, educate yourself so you can make an educated decision. Yeah. And that's the one thing kind of for going this direction still with Trump when he first got elected. Like, do I think Trump's a fucking idiot? Absolutely. <laughs> he says some dumb shit. He's not very educated on a lot of issues, but he he speaks his mind, which I can appreciate or I can respect. Mm-hmm. But do I like the guy? Not really. But I I like his policy. Yeah. I respect his policy because he's a businessman. He's for, you know, commerce and, you know, people should be able to do whatever the hell they want within the given laws and small government, if you will, um, which a lot of people just look at him as a person. But anyway... When Trump first got elected, I liked him. Again, not necessarily as a person, just as a president. I liked him because he was surrounding himself with people, which is I, which I knew just what he would do. He surrounded himself with people that knew what the fuck they were talking about. Like, you brought in one of the, the best people for Secretary of Defense. And yeah, I might be a little biased. I don't even have to say his name. Everyone gets it. But he brought in one of the best people for Secretary of Defense. But... As we've seen over the few years, and yes, I still like Trump's policy. Do I like the guy? Not really, but I respect him as a president. And do I think he's doing a good job? Sure. I think he's kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit over the last few years. You see his cabinet kind of doing a little turns here and there. Some people have left. Mm-hmm. Secretary of Defense or General Mattis, he left for disagreement purposes on net, you know 
national defense policy and stuff like that. Um, which, speaking of, I'm about to read his book. I just got it in the mail today. Really? General Mattis's book. Yeah. Um, you, I didn't think you were going to say his name. I was going to. I just did, I figured everyone knew who I was talking yeah, about when I brought him up. Um, Long live but, Mad Dog. Yeah, chaos, whatever, whatever you want to call him. Um, but yeah, Trump surrounded himself with people who knew what the fuck they were talking about. And that's what I liked about Trump. And has that gone away a little bit? Sure. But I think other politicians, whether you're a representative, you're a mayor, you're whomever, at whatever level of government, you need to do the same thing. So I'm not going to name names here locally. Um, there's a few politicians who I've gotten to meet personally. Mm-hmm. I know a few of the people on their staff. Just have had the opportunity to work with them with my past organization. And let me just say... They're smart people, but they're fucking idiots. They don't come at anything with an objective approach. They tie themselves so much to the politics mm-hmm. of who they work for that they don't see another side. Right. And that's an issue for me because you're only going to educate. You're only going to stay educated in what you know because that's the race you're running. Right. Or you're only going to educate yourself enough within the space you know, within your left and right ladder limits mm-hmm. to s- continue making your same talking points just with different ammunition, if you will. They're not going to educate themselves on the other side, left or right. And that, that's that's a fucking issue, for, right. for me anyway. And I've seen that with the news anchors too. You know, Oh, man, I, they're the fucking worst. Fucking, uh, it, it could be Fox or CNN. You know, it. it I miss that that approach where you can just deliver the message, but so much of it is now a reality talk show. Like they they all want to put in their fucking two cents and argue. And they're so blindsided and they're not allowing themselves to be moderate. Even if it is um, a situation where they can allow themselves to be a moderate, they, they have to pick a side either super far right or super far left. Oh yeah. Even if it's a, if it's a bipartisan issue, is that the right term? Mm-hmm. A not a bipartisan issue. Mm-hmm. There's no really politics involved with it. They're going to steer it one way or the other. Yeah. Cause the, just an inflection in their voice. Yeah. On the way they talk about it is going to steer that direction. And I've noticed that's why I don't, it's sad to say, but I don't watch the news on TV anymore. Oh, I don't like sometimes it's- it'll It'll be on in the background, like ABC 15 or sure. Channel 12, whatever. It'll be on in the background. But do I really pay attention to it? No. Because anytime I actually listen to them talk, it just pisses me off. <laughs> like, let me just hear the news. Put it, put it up on fucking text on my screen. I'll read it myself. Yeah, well, and that's how I, <clears throat> that's how I get current events or news. Um, and unfortunately, even with the, the phone platform that I have, you know, it's very left. And so I, I, I have to read what's going on you have and, to read between the lines kind of have to make my own decision yep. or opinions based off of it and it's fucked up dude i mean everything just has to be so politicized every single fucking issue and i and i get fucking sick of it because yep. i don't give a fuck about your opinion i can educate myself enough on it and it for me i then like if i see something and i and i have questions about it i then do my own research on it because i don't want to be what i hate and that just the person that just takes everything fed at face value and bases my opinion off of headlines as opposed to actually getting deep into the roots and figuring out. Let, let me ask you this, though. When you're doing your research on whatever the topic is, what kind of resources are you using? Do I, what my platform is? I 
and I shit you not, I look to see if it's on Wall Street Journal. No, 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 no. Oh, no. oh okay. Because I get all that. Sure. But you just want to do, you know nothing on a subject that you hear about. What do you use? Wikipedia. That's usually, I okay. start okay. there. Okay, I'll give you that then. I'll start at Wikipedia, and then I'll look at other sources to see, and I'll look at Fox, the way that they, they portrayed it. I'll look at CNN, the way that they portrayed it. Wall Street Journal, New York Times, because I want to see and I want to gather my own opinion. And so I'll I'll read between the lines and I'll see what facts I can pull from it. And I try to ignore the whoever the author of that article's opinion out of it. And sometimes it's hard to do that. Yeah. I was, I was afraid you're going to go and I've, I've heard this argument for and it's not, I don't like saying, oh, it's not a scholarly source because that just sounds fucking dumb. But a lot of people will be like, oh, well, I use Google. Well, Google in itself is a left organization. Right. Their, what do they call them, code mm-hmm. is written. So when you do a search, only things really show up that they want you to see. And I'm not going to jump into conspiracy theories that exist about them being so far left that you can't search certain things because I know that's just not true. But still, like, there's some resources that aren't available on Google because they've pretty much blocked them out. Same with YouTube. Same with all these other... Well, YouTube is owned by Google. Yeah. yeah. So, in the first three to four search results are ad-sponsored. So, that's another thing that you have to look at, too, is that if something's being put out there, it's because they're the number one search criteria because they pay the most to get their yeah. story out there. Usually, when I search something, anything political or that I want to get my own education on a little bit, I'll usually jump immediately to, like, the fifth or sixth page. Yeah. I and I, anything that pops up is going to be anything that has a lot of traffic. Sure. Or anything that's been sponsored. And I want to get away from that. Right. Even, uh, Wikipedia too, I, I am very hesitant to say like that's my go-to source because if you think about Wikipedia, it's a, it's a term paper. I mean, like I've written these reports, you know, whenever I had a teacher or a professor say, you know, you have to write on this subject. And they'll cite shit, but... It's still written by a person that has an opinion. Oh yeah, and I, I'm a I'm a wiki contributor. So are you? Yeah, like, I signed myself up as a Wikipedia contributor because oh yeah. I won't jump into who it was um, or what what it involved, but I saw something on Wikipedia about something about the Marine Corps that was wrong because I had been there, I had done this with this person or been encountered this person, and it was wrong. So I went in and signed up as a contributor, Wikipedia contributor. And now I'm a Wikipedia contributor, but I haven't done any editing since that one. But but, the, but technically, I could go on Wikipedia and type whatever the fuck I want. Yes, yeah, someone will correct it, but but this is a perfect example. Yeah. And and I like that accountability where you know you have multiple contributors on the same subject headline and can put in their own two cents. But that's what it is. It's yeah. their own two their cents. Own two cents. And I can cite sources that will push it left or push it right and. It's going to have to let it flow like yeah. that. But I try to get down to the, the bare roots and figure out what it is that's being given. Well, even you know, Google has their own Google Scholar. Right. Scholarly, where you just you search through scholarly. Excuse me. Excuse me. You search through scholarly articles. And mm-hmm. even those, I've noticed, um, are fairly left-leaning. Right. And granted, I haven't been working there much. So you know, I'm, I'm working on my master's degree now. And I have to use scholarly sources for certain things to cite when I'm writing, you know, an APA paper, whatever the fucking case may be. 
Mm-hmm. Well, now we're, I have to use Google Scholar in addition to my school's library website. But I've even noticed on there now that a lot of things on there, yeah, they're scholarly, but they're still fairly left-leaning, unfortunately. Right. I, I spent some time searching in there to find it, and sure enough, it was. What I find interesting is that, you know, when you talk about schooling, um, in most of the courses and professors that I've had uh, are left-leaning. But in public service, um, I don't know if it's in the, sa- the same in the military, um, but for you know my sector, you would think that because of you know the fact that we're paid via taxes and more liberal ideals, if you will, like a socialistic kind of yeah, you know, input into yep. what goes into that we'd be more democrat, you know, leaning, but. Majority, it's a social service, right? And, about it, yeah. But the majority of us are right wing. I don't. I don't want to say Republican, but yeah. we are a lot more right wing. Absolutely. You know, I, I think where that comes from is most people that work in that sector, public sector, mm-hmm. whether it be. I'll just say public safety. Okay. Well, I was even to go further than that. Sure. Government. Uh huh. Where do a lot of them come from? The Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> no, the military. Sure. So a lot of them leave military, and I think it comes from, this is kind of getting a little, I guess, sentimental, if you will, I'm not sure the term, but a lot of people who join the military and join public service, whether it be cop, firefighter, heavy equipment operator through the city, that might be a little bit different or a little far-fetched, but still, I think a lot of them have the feeling, and I'll include myself a little bit, even though I'm kind of taking a step back from this, Mm -hmm. now, a lot of them have the feeling of doing something more or bigger than themselves yeah so you leave you know i'll just because i can speak to it fairly knowledgeably you take a marine that's served whether it be four year maybe not four years but you get into like the second enlistment eight year 12 year 16 year so on and so forth mark or you retire Hmm. taking off the uniform and leaving service is like the hardest thing i've ever had to do sure and that was me coming from the reserves where I was in active duty for 12 years straight. Like, I was active duty, came off active duty, reserves, back in active duty, back and forth over the course of 12 years. But the day I came off active duty, that was seriously one of, like, the hardest days of my life. And the last year since then has been extremely difficult, personally. And I, I think for a lot of service members and police officers, whatever, firefighters... You take off that uniform because you physically can't do it, mentally can't do it. You're still looking for something to serve bigger than yourself. Right. And I think that's a reason a lot of service members go into from military to police officers or firefighters yeah. or go into city government or go into being politicians or go from being a firefighter to working for the city or going from a police officer to working for the city. So, something along those lines because they're always looking for something bigger than themselves and whether it's you know a selfish reason you know it really doesn't matter because like again I, I hate to talk about myself but I was pretty selfish when I joined the Marine Corps I wanted to do it because I wanted to fucking go on a combat deployment I wanted to experience war I wanted to kill some terrorists I wanted to do that Stacking whole thing bodies yeah I didn't join you know, everyone likes to be like, oh, thank you for your service. Shake my hand, you know, take a picture with me, hold my baby, you know, that, all that kind of horse shit. Like, I didn't care about that. I'll be honest. And most people, and I'd like to think you'd feel the same, most people of our generation, I hate to say it, but millennials, 
who witnessed 9-11, who wanted to join the military, like most of us were pretty fucking selfish. We wanted to join because essentially we were pissed off. Right. We witnessed 9-11. We wanted to go to Iraq, Afghanistan, or more recently Syria. You know, get retribution for what we saw. Yeah. Name your, right. battle, name your fucking battlefield or name your AO. We wanted to go there and fuck some shit up. Right. That's all I cared about. Yeah. I didn't join the military or join the Marine Corps to protect your freedoms, to protect the Constitution, like that. Yeah, does that come with it? Did I take the oath? Of course. But I didn't join the fucking military to protect anyone's freedoms. And I think most, I have a few buddies of mine who feel almost identical. Like, we hate being thanked for our service. But again, I go back to, I think a lot of military, a lot of service members still have that need or urge whether it be selfish or unselfish, to go work for the government, go work for the city, go be a politician, go be a cop, go be a firefighter, do whatever. But why does that stem to make people more right-wing? Because I think that's what, what the point I was kind of getting at. Because you're right, like, you're right. Because uh, like that, the public service thing, it's kind of the thing of yeah. big government, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's kind of a... Yeah. And that's where I, I get kind of confused. and I, It's kind of a paradox. It is a paradox. Yeah. And I know this is kind of an esoterical conversation because, I mean, it's a very finite amount of people that are able to or are willing to, you know, go into the military, for instance, or, you know, go into public service. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is a good reason, whether it's before or it's something in our heads of the way we think, the way we're wired. But I think for a lot, especially after you get out of the military, after you get or through service, whether you're a firefighter, police officer, again, I think you understand the inner workings of how the government works a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So a big thing with almost everything that, whether it be the fucking DMV, the military, whatever, hurry up and wait. Yeah, a lot of that. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. That's pretty much what the military is. It's, it's very cliche, but it's very, very, very true. Like you're told to be somewhere, it's two days two days coming i can pack a fucking bag in five minutes if i need to to go on a vacation but for a fucking deployment packing takes a fucking month because there's inspection after inspection you sit around and you wait and then inventory yes and you put you (laughs) unpack it you pack it again like oh we got to check this we unpack it again you pack it back up it's fucking stupid but hey it's a military you deal with it you sign the motherfucking contract so guess what you deal with it suck it up yep so but i think that i can't say for certain but I think that's where a lot of that comes from is I'm, I don't want to say I'm as conservative as I am because of that, but I will say like, I've been like, you've been a part of it. Mm-hmm. I've been a part of it. Like, I don't want other people to have to deal with that shit. That's stupid. You want, we'll use healthcare as an example. And I hope we don't, hopefully don't, we don't, we don't go down this rabbit hole, but you want healthcare to be ran by the government. <laughs> All right, have fucking fun with that. Go to the VA. Go to the, yeah. I visit the VA. Yeah, I didn't want to go there, but... Sorry, the VA is shit. Oh, yeah. And if I can use myself as an example again, like my experience with the VA was actually pretty damn good compared to most, but as good as my experience was or is still, it's still slow as fuck. But that was like post-2017 where they had a huge reform. True, true. But yeah, but I know guys who are still same generation, still going through the sure. process that I went through, and theirs have gone pretty quickly, but theirs are still slower than mine is. Yeah, and, and think about like if you're using your private health care through your employer, how quickly you could have rendered those services versus you know going through TRICARE. 
it's 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 sad. I mean, sad doesn't even put the the fucking well thumb on the tag. Well, but yeah, Tricare, Tricare is even better than the VA. Sure. Okay. At least with Tricare, you can get underneath Tricare care. You can go see a civilian doctor. Sure. I mean, technically with the VA, you can now too. It's just a different process. But yeah, from private healthcare to Tricare to VA. That's like a whole spectrum that I don't think a lot of people understand. No. It's it's fucking retarded. Look at your roads. I think that's something that a lot more people can kind of wrap their mind around because that's something that they have oh, to absolutely. suffer every fucking day. Your government is the one that repairs those fucking roads. And they're going to be the ones that are fucking put in front of your health care, something that actually matters to you. I mean, yeah, you beat the fuck out of your car and your shocks and your tires <laughs> with all the fucking potholes and you're like... Jesus Christ, like, they've been working on Greenway Road since I was a kid. I mean, literally. Yeah. Literally. I mean, if you think about it, like, they, they go in sections, too. Like, it's, like, first it starts out with Tatum, and it goes to 35th Avenue. It goes back to 56th Street. Well, guess what? Tatum's fucked up again, so now I have to you go back to Tatum. Go back but, like, if you go down Greenway Road, and I, I challenge anyone in the Phoenix metro area, there's not a... The, I think it's like 25 miles. If you can go 25 miles down Greenway Road, I promise you, you will see a traffic barricade. Oh, yeah. Promise. Well, perpetually under construction. Go a mile north of Greenway, or not even a mile in some parts of Bell. Bell is fucking horrendous. Yeah. Anywhere from shit, White Tanks, Buckeye, yeah. Yeah. all the way till it turns into Frank Lloyd Wright or goes into Scottsdale up to McDowell Mountain. Mm-hmm. Any, any given stretch of that is under construction at any given time. I don't think I've ever driven Bell Road anywhere without there being something going on. And and you want to trust these same idiots yep. to deal with you and your family and your kids. Fuck that shit. If we're gonna, and if we're going to speak on like transportation or um, anything like that within Phoenix, you look at the whole shit show with the light rail. Oh my God. Like Phoenix split up their budget between, was it like public streets, light rail, and something else? public transit mm-hmm. roads light rail and public transit like into thirds or something like that again I'm not real up to speed on the specifics but people are pissed off because the roads in phoenix fucking blow but yet, you it's know, like fuck the light rail they're dumping money into Fix. a light rail that nobody takes yeah nobody uses it people shit. are people are literally shitting on it like homeless people are sleeping and shitting on it and like hey they need a place to go i'm not knocking the homeless people hey, they're doing what they can but you really the city's going to keep dumping money funneling money into something that is losing money and doesn't get any people anywhere, it goes up and down fucking 19th Avenue. Yeah, fix the bus. <laughs> if anyone from the city of Phoenix, fix the fucking bus system. The bus system fucking yeah, blows. The bus system sucks. I've only taken a bus in Phoenix like twice <laughs> in 16 years I've been here, and that was because I think I took it downtown for like a baseball game once before Uber was a thing, and then I took it from like Phoenix or uh, from Tempe to Phoenix once, mm. and I think that was for a baseball game. Yeah, because we missed the light rail or something, and that was a fucking shit show. Like we had no clue where we were going. Yeah, I honestly I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, it's it blows my mind that people want the government to step in and take charge of certain things. It's like, do you not see the way this shit works? But again, going back to your question about you know why you know government workers, military, firefighters, policemen, whatever, so conservative. I think a part of that comes down to they're a part of the system and they see how shitty it is right. and they don't want them stepping in and basically 
dictating your lives or micromanaging your fucking life. True. Yeah, a lot of the city managers, I think the higher up people are more Democrat um, well, leaning. They drink the fucking Kool-Aid. And, yeah. And that's anywhere you go, though. I mean, shit, you look at the insurance company we used to work at together. <sighs> Motherfuckers drink the Kool-Aid. And they're cool people, but you drink that Kool-Aid. Yeah, kind of stupid. Yeah, you get real fucking dumb. <laughs> real fucking quick. For those of you listening, uh, if you don't know the insurance company, it will remain unnamed. But I'd, I'd love to have a conversation about that place. We should, we, should, we should do a conversation just on that place. Because the one thing I'm doing, I, I know we're kind of going into long thing here. Hour and a half. Really? Wow, mm-hmm. shit. Um, as part of my master's degree, I'm working on So my master's is in leadership. Mm-hmm. Soon to be when I finish. Sure. My capstone that I have to do for my course is about like organizational culture and workplace culture and diversity and inclusion and that kind of happy horse shit. Which is good. It, like, yes, should people be included in the workplace and be promoted the same? Yeah, but that's laws already exist for that. I don't think we need a diversity inclusion organization. Be no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, part of my I'm putting it together right now. The research, the research side of it. Part of my capstone paper or course is going to be writing about workplace culture and workplaces that bring in like amenities to for morale purposes like, like catering and that kind of shit catering ping pong tables video games tv rooms green rooms stress-free areas gyms and while i think all of that is great in a company they want to do that they want to provide for their employees because some have nowhere else to be or nothing else better to do unfortunately but hey that's on them coming from an organization that has all of that stuff as much as i loved it in the back of my mind, I got to think, it's okay, why do you have this stuff? What's the true psychology or sociology, however you want to put it, behind having all these amenities and morale boosting? I, I would call it fake morale boosting. but Pizza mor- parties. Yeah, morale boosting things in your, in your office. My theory, and this is what I'm kind of doing my capstone on, is that these organizations are trying to do whatever they can to basically keep you in the office and happy, no matter how shitty your job is and how shitty your manager, your director, executive directors, you know, pick your chain, person in your chain of command, if you will. My theory is that these pl- these places, because they don't ha- really have a culture because the job sucks so much, mm-hmm. and this is just putting it bluntly, but because, again, the organization doesn't really have a culture, they have to make a fake culture by doing all these things to make you feel like it's such a great place to be. Mm-hmm. When in reality, like most people just want to show up, do their fucking job, and go home. I just want to be paid. Nobody gives a fuck about wanting to play ping pong. <laughs> like we did it. Oh, did dude, I enjoy I, it? I fucking loved it. We should get we should we should get our uh, friend. Can we use his name to come up from Yuma? Come talk yeah. to us, Daniel. Yes, I, I didn't want to use his name, but. I guess it's okay. We should get Daniel to come talk to us. I'm sure he'd so, love that. Did I like our? Did I love our time at said insurance company playing ping pong and fucking off a lot of time? Of course. Yeah, but we had but our own I, subculture. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the company. I just wanted to play ping pong yeah. with you guys. <laughs> but it, I fucking hated going to work. But had like, I didn't hate my job necessarily. I actually kind of enjoyed it. But had I been given the freedom and autonomy and authority to actually do my job. Like, I don't need ping pong. I don't need a fucking cafeteria. I don't need all this shit. 
the fact that you have to put that into your organization means that you're hiring people that don't want to be there and you have to give them something to entice them to stay at work. Yeah, the incentive goes away from just being fulfilled by what you're doing. Do you know who uh, Daniel Pink is? No. So there's a, there's, he does a whole Ted talk and he has a bunch of YouTube videos about leadership and intrinsic motivation and, you know, building culture and different things like that and incentives. And he makes a big point about how providing incentives only gets the job done to a certain point. And then once those either incentives run out or people see through the incentives, they lose what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Or lose their will to show up to work, whatever the fuck you want to call drive. it. Yeah, drive. Well, perfect. That's the name of his book is Drive. So for you, anyone else that's going to be listening to this, check out Daniel Pink. Read the book Drive. It's fucking good. Free plug. Yeah, we should we should we should tag him in this. But he's a good dude. But that's exactly what I'm writing my kind of thesis paper on for my capstone course is um, workplace culture and diversity and inclusion and all this kind of happy horse shit that goes on in a lot of organizations now because I think they're just trying to keep you in the building right? as long as you can and keep you happy so you don't basically come in and commit a mass shooting or do something. <laughs> I was going there too. <laughs> if you uh, didn't, I was going to fucking bring yeah, it I, I didn't want to go there, but I fuck it. Well, I think on that note, on mass shootings, uh, uh, mass a good, good place to stop. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, we can't. We've gone a little long. No, that's good. That was good. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I don't know how often we're going to do this. Hopefully, at least weekly. It's up, well, it's up to your schedule. Well, once uh, once we get everything set up a little bit more, I'll probably start doing something weekly, and we'll just have to piggyback. It sounds kind of gay, but we'll have to piggyback off each other a little bit. Mm, that does sound gay. It sounds really gay, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, guys. It's not gay when you have uh, flip-flops on. <laughs> Until next time. Thanks for tuning in. Out. <laughs>